0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We have a lot going on today, just in our worlds behind the scenes. I am outside of my office because I've got a, I'm calling a game from home coming up in like Two hours, so that's going to be great. And Mac, all I feel like I saw from the huddle at Wake Forest was you guys looked so cold. <laughs> that was the main takeaway for me.
0: The, the the guys on set maybe made it look a little colder. EJ's in like an arctic coat. Yes. Uh, I, I looked over there. He has his hood up. He's sitting like this. I'm like, E, it's like 45 degrees, man. It's Which not is cold. That cold. It is. It is chilly. Uh, it was supposed to be 26, so we had a nice 20-degree swing in our favor there. The wind made it a little bit more cold, but, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Uh, you know, always when we go to deep town, uh, you have to hit up my my main place, Sweet Potatoes. I can't believe that I didn't remember mm. that when we did our mailbag episode. It's so good. Soul food, really, really good there. And then just it, it, it's a it's a fun place to be. Love, love Coach Clausen and Sam Hartman and Willie P., our guy. Uh, They always take care of us when we're there. So it was a fun weekend, and the Deeks bounced back. Got a nice win. It was good to Mm -hmm. see that.
1: Well, we talked about this on the show on Friday, that I I didn't think Wake Forest was as bad as people were saying. Sam Hartman is still a really, really, really good quarterback. And it was nice to see him bounce back and, and get back on track. We will get to that game, Mac. A lot happened over the weekend. I feel like we had chaos, but... Without the actual results, you know, right. because Ohio State and Michigan both almost lost yeah. to uh, tough, rough and tumble TCU? Big Ten opponents. TCU too. <laughs> yep, TCU almost lost and probably should have. That game was crazy. But Mark. at this point, you just have to give TCU credit for continuing to win. They're just I'm finding nice. a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then South Carolina beat Tennessee, which was, and not just beat, stomped was- them.
0: That was awesome.
1: Crazy.
0: Can can I just say, this is the only positive thing I will ever say about them. That game was nuts. Like, they played their tails off. Coach Beamer, oh my gosh. So impressive to see. And, uh, I mean, it had to be lit. Listen. It it looked lit. I'm going to say two positive things. That fan base is nuts. And playing at Willie B is is. tough. And and especially in in something like that. Uh, we, We live about a driver away From the stadium, and khaki, and and my mother-in-law, they could hear everything going on uh, from the house. So it it was intense. With that in mind, it is Hate Week. That's the only thing you'll ever hear me say. Uh, There will be a lot of pro Clemson, pro ACC, pro pro Florida State, Louisville. uh, A lot of that this week. Georgia Tech podcast. Uh, Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) Hey. Georgia they Tech got, uh, got them Miracles, a dub.
0: Anything can happen.
1: <laughs> this is the perfect transition into our first game. We want to start with this North Carolina game. <laughs> Georgia Tech beats number thirteen North Carolina twenty-one to seventeen. Mac, I thought this game was just the epitome of what you say about this sport. In that it's college football. Like yeah. you just you don't know what's going to happen. And what was crazier about this game was that UNC was up seventeen to nothing. Yes. If you didn't watch it, let me just tell you. UNC was up 17 to nothing. You feel like you don't have to watch anymore. Okay, this is a wrap. Georgia Tech's just going to give up. Absolute credit to Georgia Tech for not folding in a season where they're now five and six. They have to literally pull off a miracle and beat Georgia to get to a bowl game. So it's not like that was their sixth win. Right. And Drake May played probably his worst game of the year, Mac. He had a costly interception. That was a surprising development. Yeah. And I, I feel like it probably really hurt his Heisman chances.
0: Well, you know, you know what's interesting, KG? The, I'm glad that I kind of do this. So when there's these really like weird games that happen, I go back and I watch every single play. So a lot of these games, just to kind of give you guys a peel behind the curtain, I either watched it live on Saturday and saw enough to where I kind of, okay, we, we understand what happens. Or I go through and kind of watched a condensed version. Everybody can do it. It's on YouTube. Just go yep. fly through it. Kind of see the highlights if maybe you didn't get to see something but for games like this where I just I have to know I have to know what happened what in the world went wrong for North Carolina went went what went good for Georgia Tech and I watched play by play as if I was a player all over again and just go through all of it and so it it was very interesting kg because that was the perception that I had too that Drake had a bad day that Drake did not play very well after going through line by line, that was the most drops I've ever seen by UNC. Well, yeah. I mean, he's hitting guys in the face, and and they're dropping balls. The weird miscues, like a guy's running the wrong route, because I I just have to assume, based on what I've seen from Drake all year long, that he's putting the ball where it needs to be, and there's nobody there. And so it was very, very strange to kind of see that in, in a game that, Again we talked about how important this is and, and the the what was on the table with the playoff and a Heisman trophy and the the expectation is now really there and thought there was no way there was going to be miscues, but there were so many. and so kind of just to, to walk through the game, you know just off jump street that there were miscues. after that 80yard you know touchdown yep. run, weird drops, uh, it just felt off, you know. Drake's po- pocket presence was a little bit off. He didn't have any time, but his offensive line just letting guys through. The they really struggled with games, with twists, with funky looks on the defensive line. Breaking news: Clemson's going to do that a ton. So I hope you figure that out, or it's going to get really ugly. Uh, and, and then just when they were in the red zone in the first half, like it was seventeen yeah. nothing. It should have been thirty to nothing because right. they were right there, zero for two in the red zone to start. Didn't like the play calling, didn't like the execution. So that right away was very, very strange from what we saw from UNC. And that would compound the rest of the game. And coincidentally, that gave Georgia Tech all the confidence in the world. My man Keon White, number six defensive end, went absolutely crazy. Three sacks, four tackles for loss, was disruptive all night long that they just couldn't stop him. And with that complimentary football, Georgia Tech's offense was like, oh, shoot. We feel kind of right. good right now. Like, we're, we're moving the ball a little bit after that first quarter. Our quarterback's feeling confident. Oh, we're going to do this one-two punch that no one has ever seen all year with Tyson Boom And, John. and uh, it, it worked, and they they were feeling great, and they scored 21 unanswered KG. It, it was baffling to see. There's a couple other things, but I'm going to take a little breather here and, and let you kind of say something about
1: this Well, <laughs> I think baffling is the word, and Georgia Tech, to me, played like a team – with absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah. But again, credit to them for not just folding. UNC, I thought, played tight in the second half. hmm A lot of those drops to your mm-hmm. point, Mac. And then I almost felt like the defense lost focus for UNC. Like you're up 17-0. Yeah. Should be up more. And this you go to halftime and you're up 17-7, I believe, and you're feeling great.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're thinking, all right, we're on to NC State. And that's just not the case. Drake is sacked six times. That was a real problem. The O-line really struggled, and then the bottom line, Mac, in, in the in terrible second half you played, you had a chance with your best, probably your best overall player, best wide receiver, of yeah. course, in Josh Downs, on that fourth and 11, mm-hmm. you hit him in the hands, he catches it, UNC wins, it, it's a close win, but it doesn't matter, you yeah. move on to the next. It's a Heisman moment. he drops it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: you're right, it could have been a Heisman moment, and he drops it, That. That's also college football. I mean, this right. guy is a great player and you could tell he felt Oh yeah. I felt for him in that moment. I think everybody did. But it, it all could have been erased yeah. if he had caught that pass.
0: Yeah, it, it could have. And you know, he was banged up a little bit early in the game, went out for for a couple mm-hmm. plays or maybe a series, um came back in and maybe just didn't quite look himself throughout the, the entirety, but like you said, I mean, that's why we play for opportunities like that. He's caught that pass a million times and you know, just turned his head right as the balls come coming, turns yep. his head and boom! Oh my goodness, on fourth down, and, and you know that really sealed it because it North Carolina, yeah, it was it was over, and North Carolina never got the ball back. Uh, you know, they they couldn't get a stop. Yep. They couldn't get the the four minute offense by Georgia Tech was amazing. But mm-hmm. there's one little sequence that I, I think is I don't know how UNC fans feel. There, there were so many other things going on. I wasn't on Twitter like looking and seeing, but there was a play that happened: a 68 yard touchdown run that was called back because yes. of a holding. The holding, in my mind, was a horrible call because the the tight end gets absolutely steamrolled. Like, he gets pancaked by the defensive end, and he's just blocking, and he's going backwards. And, and so, to me, it, they bo- it wasn't holding. They both were holding. I mean, he ta- he yeah. didn't tackle him. He pancaked him, the defensive end. It relatively would have affected the play. I mean, if he wasn't there, it would have been a tackle for loss, but there was a body. But the guy goes. And, and to me, that, that was crazy. I, I think, think it was a terrible call. I think it was a missed call that obviously would change the game. Right. So after that, instead of a 68-yard touchdown, all the momentum in the world, the next play, sack. The play after that, force pressure, Drake rolls out, gets maybe one-yard tackle, punt. Right after that, that's when the pick happens. And so the pick was really weird because it's kind of like what happened, if you remember, KG, where I said that UNC – kind of lucked in – Sam Hartman kind of lucked into that pick yeah. where a guy was just running, chasing his his uh, his player there. Josh Downs goes in motion. Georgia Texan man-to-man across the entire thing. Josh goes in motion across the formation. This nickel is just – he's just screaming over. He's trying to catch Josh. As he's running, he sees the ball and just yeah. gets the – like it was cra- – he shouldn't have been there. It, it's a crazy thing to look at how these plays have happened. Two weeks in a row now, we've seen motions that create interceptions because a quarterback sees a read, it's man-to-man, this guy's wide open, there's no one there, throws it, and then bam, out of nowhere, this guy just happens to stumble in. So it it was nuts to me. Again, unbelievable kudos and credit to Coach Key, to all these Georgia Tech guys, two AP-ranked wins, two and O against ranked uh, opponents. It's just it's baffling. And I think, honestly, that this – you know, this Georgia Tech administration needs to take a hard look at this and needs to say, hey, it's an alumni. We see the results. This guy is, has won games. What could happen if it's his program? What could happen if we give him the keys of the car and we let him go for a full offseason and really get going? It's a cheaper route. Uh, it's just, it'll be interesting yeah. to see, you know, what decisions are made because of this great audition he's had all year.
1: If he had beaten Miami, which was a weird game and Jacari Brown played and I don't know if Georgia Tech was really ready for him. Yeah. They would be bowl eligible. And right. all, if they'd beaten Virginia. That was the other game that you're Crazy. you're looking at. Crazy. If they were bowl eligible. And look, <laughs> a miracle could happen. They could be Georgia, I guess. Like like it's college football. Who knows? Could you imagine? And you and imagine? go to a bowl. That'd be insane. But if they were bowl <laughs> eligible, I think you have a little more of a of a data point you can show your fan base and say this guy has the job. Right, But because they're not going to make a bowl if they lose to Georgia, I think it's harder to give them the job.
0: I will say this, KG. There could be a miracle that happens. There's about 10 teams. There's a 10-team gap in the bowl invites and yep. who is yep. already bowl eligible. To get there, it would take a couple miracles and upsets. This could happen. There could be a bunch of five-win teams that get mm-hmm. invited to bowl games.
1: But would that, that be would enough be for the fan base?
0: It'll be fascinating. I don't know. It'll be fascinating.
1: Or for Jay Bat, the new athletic director. (laughs) Come on, Jay. Keep an eye on that.
0: Like the letter J, not J-A-Y. He is the letter J. The letter J.
1: The letter J. That is him. (laughs) Jay Bat. Okay, Mac, moving on. Clemson handled its business. Number nine, Clemson beat Miami 40 to 10. Mac, it really, to me.
0: You were at this game, right? You had a live perspective of this. Yes, I
1: attended. It was cold. Um, it looked like to me like at Miami, degrees. it wasn't
0: cold. That
1: goes freezing. I had on my parka. I had on gloves. I brought a blanket. I had on a so hat proud of you. So proud of you. and I was still cold, but I didn't think Miami cared to be there at all. Yeah. That, that was the vibe I got, which was so fascinating because they were coming off a win where they beat Georgia Tech. And we saw the quote from Cristobal in the uh, earlier in the week where he said, if you're not happy with your son's playing time, you can come pick him up.
0: And then somebody did, Which, like the 14 running back did, that happened. Yeah, left. Come
1: pick him up, you know, take him, take him home. But it, it feels like, you know, it's just, and Miami still can make a ball if they beat Pitt. Right. But it's been a very rough year, and especially when Clemson wouldn't score on those first two drives. I know Clemson struggled more in the second half, but you're also, if you're Clemson, you're looking at an opponent that you feel like they don't even care. So it's, yeah. it was a weird game, but Clemson, I thought, still looked good.
0: It, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think the the start was impeccable. I mean, to go up and you know running yeah. all over the place, twenty four points in the first half, just really impressive. The way that DJ was running the offense, getting a bunch of guys involved. And running we the saw, ball, yeah, we saw creativity. Ran the ball seventeen times. Imagine that. Um, so to to see really what Clemson was doing was you know fascinating and, and love the again the creativity, getting different guys involved, getting the tight ends involved. That that's. That's where Clemson, I think, right now with DJ is at their most dangerous. You run the ball really effectively, which they've got now a three-headed monster of running back, Kobe Paceback. Mm -hmm. I think that's really an important piece for people paying attention to this run that Clemson might go on, and also DJ. But then getting the tight ends. like Those guys are just such weapons. They're mismatches. They're big, strong guys that put a linebacker on them, they're too slow. Put a safety or DB, they're too small. And, And that's what we've seen time and time again, and then if you can have a couple of receivers make some plays, you know, down the field, you're feeling really good if you're Clemson. Defensively, I mean, these guys, and and again, I I keep going back to to this. I I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it again. It just makes you wonder why could you not have seen this against Notre Dame? Because then you're in such a different place right now, probably the number three team in the country, and it's you know we're talking about are we are, is Clemson winning an addy like that's what we're talking about right now ifs, not
1: if are they going to find ifs, a way ifs. in
0: it's so weird like why did it take a loss you know for them to start playing at this level but really what what I've seen from the linebacking core with uh, you know Trotter and Barrett Carter on the inside putting back Simpson at his will position makes a ton of sense two sacks a forced fumble I mean he was playing with his hair on fire KG so. This Clemson team in a really good spot. Uh, fun week for them. A lot of juice in this rivalry now because of that win. And yeah. we'll talk about more of that on Friday, why I think this is actually a perfect storm for Clemson and and maybe even better than before uh, You know, the Gamecocks got that huge win.
1: I totally agree. I, I thought every Clemson fan should have been rooting for South Carolina last night. Now, I know a lot of Clemson fans hate to hear that. But first of all, they knocked Tennessee out of the picture. Which is huge because Massive. a one-loss Tennessee was still very much involved in all yeah, this. Absolutely, because they also had that win over LSU and LSU, and of course Bama. But South Carolina looks like a better opponent, and right. it may be fool's gold because South Carolina just lost to a Florida team that lost to Vanderbilt. Like we don't. Right. This team is so inconsistent.
0: Why can't Clemson be in the SEC East? It seems like such an easy <laughs> division. Like you, I know Georgia is what it is, but like yeah, that would be it, a big game. Just, that would be like FSU, you know. It's great. It's easy every time, every single other game. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a, it's a great conference. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, and Georgia struggled against Kentucky too, but that I thought that was a best case scenario for Clemson. South Carolina yeah. looks better. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the committee will rank them because they already tried to rank South Carolina early in the year when they <laughs> literally had no good wins. Maybe, but, um, maybe at least that game has a little more juice, and that's good for Clemson. Yeah, to get that win, perhaps you know we'll see. Right, and then be a ranked North Carolina team. The more chaos happens, the more I still think Clemson's in the in the discussion, Mac. Right. If Illinois or Maryland would have done it yesterday, <laughs> yeah. then or that Baylor, would have been or, really Baylor. Interesting.
0: or Baylor or Baylor.
1: Yeah, Baylor would have helped, but uh, that PI call in the Illinois-Michigan game—it's crazy. Hmm.
0: You know, commission. Hey, the, com- the commissioner hit a button, said, "Hey, uh, uh." Uh-uh. Yeah, we, we the gotta, Staples gotta, bu- or the Buffalo gotta, Wild Wings. Buff. We got. We but... got to do something here. Um, going back to Clemson real quick before we, we transition. Uh, the, the fumbling thing is a real problem.
1: Yeah. Five, yeah.
0: Five fumbles, lost two. Five fumbles. Um, that's got to change because you, you're going to go against a team that can take advantage of that. Uh, and it's not going to be good. We saw it against Syracuse. Didn't really matter. Clemson found a way. almost Saw it it against Miami, almost, almost. Saw it against Miami, where you put the ball on the ground five times. Um, I don't know what the deal is with that. That's a really weird thing to all of a sudden kind of have problems with with something like that, but something Clemson has to lock in on and uh, really get right.
1: It's a good point, and it's your two main guys, really. In right. DJ and Shipley, right. who are not, having not ideal. trouble issues. <laughs> yes, not ideal. We kind of started with the teams that we think are, are the best in the league. Not saying UNC is better than Clemson. We just thought we'd start with that game because it was a little more <laughs> crazy. Florida State, number 19 Florida hey. State, handles the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana 49-17. They cover. Yeah. Mac and I went 5-3 and three this week because we agreed on everything. We'll take 5-3. and three. But man, that UNC game—that's that one got us for sure. And then Boston College—we'll we'll get to that. FSU just rolled Mac. This was this was what you wanted to see from FSU. They played four different quarterbacks. They got everybody in there. Jordan Travis got to rest. And now, as I've been saying for three weeks, beat Florida. <laughs> beat Florida. Don't you gotta do it? Florida. Vanderbilt can do it.
0: Do, do not beat Florida. Dismantle.
1: Florida. Okay.
0: Like destroy. Florida. I mean at the end of the day I I know it's a rivalry, you throw everything out the window, but the level that you are playing at versus the level they are playing at, it should be a steamroll and it should be jacked up. The environment better better be packed. When's that game? Let me look at this schedule real quick. What time is that game? Oh, it's night. It's Friday night. Absolutely. Friday. Seven thirty on A
1: B C rocking.
0: Dope better be rocking. And this is a great opportunity, again, for Florida State, the attention of the world. ABC, everybody's going to be tuned in. After Turkey Day, what are we doing? We're sitting around. We're, we're fat. We're happy. We're sleepy. But we're going to wake up, and we're going to watch the Noles. Leftovers. Dominate. We're going to watch them dominate. So I love the running attack. I mean, just, again, to see, number one, uh, Ward get back, have that massive run, 36 yards for a touchdown. Benson just to be the marquee guy. 16 carries, right under 100 yards. I mean, really, they, they just did whatever they wanted. Uh, and, and just to see those guys, man, continue to have their identity and play at such a high level, it, it's incredible You know what Coach has done. And, and in the short amount of time, and it's so funny, KG, I just keep remembering back to year two, where everybody's like, "Fire this guy! Get him out of here!" And it's just—it's it, yeah. such a sh- weird world that Got we're. Gotta
1: give people time. Yeah,
0: this instant gratification. Like, let the man build his program. Now we're seeing the the absolute fruits from it, and man, they're rolling. The defense is playing at a super high level. You know, really, it was forty-nine to three, and then uh, the Raging Cajuns scored fourteen in the fourth quarter against the twentieth string. Uh, so the the margin of victory there should have been significantly better. Uh, but, but Florida State's rolling. Y'all will see my power rankings. You might already have if you're on social media. I've got them number two right now. I think they're playing Ooh. as the second best team.
1: They're I like that. so I agree. hot.
0: And, uh, man, it's just it's fun to see these guys. I cannot and You need to finish against Florida. I know I'm kind of overlooking that a little bit.
1: need to.
0: But if you could go back-to-back SEC brand teams with Florida and then another Big Ten or SEC team in a big bowl game, man. The excitement going into next year for Florida State, KG, would be through the roof, especially if a couple of really key people come back.
1: Correct. And you'd finish 10-3, and three, Florida State's first win season <laughs> awesome. in forever. I think we all thought FSU would be better this year, Mac, but I did not think no. they would be knocking on the Heck door of no. 10 wins.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Because of that schedule. And I saw an FSU fan tweeted at me earlier than the weekend and said, well, if, if FSU had stayed healthy they would be undefeated, which I'm not sure it was the injuries against Wake and NC State and Clemson that were the issues. I don't know about that.
0: But Who was hurt? Who was hurt? Yeah,
1: I, I just, I was like, well, Jordan Travis was there. I mean, Jordan Travis got in the local Ward, game, but Ward he was, was bad. hurt.
0: Ward was hurt, Ward. but Benson's your best running back, so I don't know about
1: yeah. that. Uh, I
0: don't know. I, don't know exactly I argue legitimate. no. I argue no.
1: I would argue if the play call was different at <laughs> NC State,
0: <laughs> sure,
1: you would be looking at, yeah. you know, Perhaps a 10-win regular season, but That's right. anyway, there's a bunch of ifs with a lot of these ACC teams, and sure all, every college football team has ifs <laughs> at this point in the year. Mac, uh, another team that got a win that you and I predicted here was Louisville. Louisville beat number 24 NC State 25-10. to 10. NC State is definitely going to drop out of the rankings. MJ Morris didn't play. Maybe. A lot. <laughs> they're dropping Yeah. <out. laughs> Andy Morris didn't play along with a lot of other key pieces. Yeah. The injuries are really piling up for NC State. You're mm-hmm. down to basically your four-string guy playing Ben Finley, the younger brother of Ryan Finley, yeah. who had, had some moments, but you know he, he doesn't look like Ryan Finley at this point. Sam agrees. She agrees. And Louisville didn't have Malik Cunningham either, but they handled it. I, I tweeted this out earlier, Mac. I think Satterfield needs to get some credit for what he's done this year with the injuries they've had. Right. They've won five of their last six. Malik Cunningham missed two of those games altogether. He's been beat up really throughout all of them, and he's kept this team together. I think what I was seeing from Louisville fans on Twitter was, "We agree with you. We'll feel a lot better yeah. if they beat Kentucky." Right. <laughs> which is similar to the FSU thing.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think it is just this. It's this weird spot because that's a missing piece, right? That's the last yeah. piece, you know, for Coach Satterfield and, and this staff. Just. I've never done it, and, and it's been really bad. You know when they've played Kentucky bad. and such lopsided victories. I mean, absolute blowouts. But I still, I, I get that. And Coach Sweeney went through this. I mean, he absolutely did. He didn't beat South Carolina for five years. Maybe got it in the interim or that first year. Uh, but but yeah, after that. Well, the,
1: when he was the interim, he beat him, and that's really what got him hired, right? But then he didn't beat him from I guess oh nine yeah to 13.
0: yeah okay there we go yeah exactly so um yeah I mean he dealt with it so if you if you're You know, looking at that and think of any indication of success, I know there were some other massive bowl games. We won the ACC and went to the Orange Bowl a couple of times in that stint. But, you know, still, you know, you think of what he's been able to do. And, you know, I love what you tweeted out, KG. I mean, the way that they started and just how bad the season was. I mean, every fire coach, Satterfield, we even were discussing that. Like, what the heck's going to happen if this continues? He's 0-3 in the league, horrible loss to a bad, 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 boston college team Mm -hmm. and that's where everything flipped and that's what key clark told us he said hey look our players rallied up we had a players only meeting and it was this come to jesus setting where it's like we have to change like it is on us we're on the field we're making things happen or not making things happen what can we do to be better and after that playing at a super high level i know the outlier with clemson clemson kind of was coming off a loss which that's not a good place to be for anybody playing them Uh, But they've won five out of the last six, playing at a super high level. One of the hotter teams in the country right now. Defense is playing at an exceptionally high level. But as you said, that next step happens this week. That next step happens Saturday when you have a massive opportunity against a Kentucky team that is not great. A Kentucky team that lost to Vanderbilt.
1: Mac, we have two ACC teams playing their rivals who lost to Vanderbilt.
0: (laughs) Let me just say this, too. This is a
1: scary situation.
0: Wake Forest (laughs) obliterated Vanderbilt.
1: True.
0: LSU is the SEC West champion. Just saying. Shout out to the SEC. Any day you want to do it, we we can do that. Any day. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking at that, KG, and I'm thinking this is the opportunity. And this is where it's like, man, you have to do it. You've got to get it done because that Kentucky offensive line has not been good. They lost so many guys from a year ago. What have you been doing really well? Sacking the quarterback. Will Levis has been sacked a billion times. What else are you really good at? Forcing turnovers. He turns the ball over all the time. You have to be who you are. Take the logo off their helmet if that's what's freaking you out. It's in Lexington. It's going to be rowdy. Mm. Go shut them up. Go settle the storm. And and at the end of the day, you do that, man, rolling. And everybody is going to be back excited. Everybody's going to be juiced up and, and ready for the the frickin Coach of the Year awards to come to Louisville, I guarantee it. Not me. I'm saying they're fans.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I would say Mac Brown may have been knocked out of it, but Mike you know, Elko for
0: sure was knocked out of it, and that hurts. i was going to say both of our as guys we transition.
1: Honestly, no, I don't think Mike Elko is knocked out of it because you still got to do finishing Kelly, the possibility of finishing Kelly, eight and Kelly, four at Duke.
0: Kelly, 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 did you see how they lost the game? Let's talk about yes, Duke right now. Yes, let's talk I know. I was going to say it. let's get transition. into Duke. They went for me, two Duke. when they could have been down seven. Why? Why do you go for two? You don't get it. Then you have to go for two again. I know. I hate the I play. Know. Why did you take the ball out of Riley Leonard's hands? What are you thinking? Why well, giving it to Jordan Moore? They were trying to get Moore? it back to
1: him. Wasn't that, didn't you think it was a little Philly special? Was it was a Philly
0: special, but why?
1: Who cares? I don't Keep know. it in
0: his hands. Let him run around like crazy. And, uh, oh, Jordan Moore had 200 yards receiving. Why didn't you get him 201 and you would have won the game? I mean, it's absolutely bonkers. And guess what? Those are coaching decisions. And so at the end of the day, if we're making Mac Brown take a backseat, Elko's right beside him. They're looking at each other like, "What are we doing? What happened?"
1: So you you really think Elko should be knocked out of the coaching year discussion with a seven and four, possibly eight and four Duke because of. Going for two and then the bad play call on the next going for two. He lost you think he should team. be taken out.
0: He lost the team. He lost the, the game. First team.
1: Well then who is it? Because Mac said he didn't have his team prepared.
0: Dabo Sweeney. Holler. He's at probably
1: him. reading his headlines. Uh, listening to the podcast, hearing us home, coach of the year.
0: <laughs> give it to who uh, is it? <laughs> give it to Norvell. Come on.
1: Yeah, honest I, I think that is interesting.
0: Honestly. Especially if they beat Florida. Norvell, Sweeney, Elko, uh, Mac Brown. And maybe Satterfield, which is crazy. There,
1: this, is a, this is a heated discussion. More I thought than it was Mochira's. a runaway,
0: and now we're looking at five Things different strange. people in two days. Things it's change. unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
1: The main theme with—Duke did cover, by the way. But the main theme with— um, That Pitt was free Duke. money.
0: That was a horrible <laughs> yeah, thing by Vegas. Was. That was free money.
1: Pitt beat Duke 28-26. Mind you, Pitt is 7-4. and four with a game against Miami left. Isn't it An a weird four
0: feeling 7 and 4? Isn't it a very Yeah, because weird... you either
1: there's a massive difference between 8 and 4 and 7 and 5. Yeah. Massive difference. Yeah. And so I mean this was game. a
0: team that you almost went to overtime with with Tennessee or maybe they did go to overtime. Right. Did they they did I go to overtime. They took Tennessee to overtime
1: with their backup uh, quarterback. Which
0: isn't as cool anymore, but it was cool for a moment. Uh, it's still good. But then the weird loss to Georgia Tech, that was a ranked win for right.
1: them. Georgia Tech is just that, that's what they do, apparently. Yeah,
0: I get blown out by little blown the, out by ruin the ACC. <laughs> Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. Shout out to those guys, ruining the ACC.
1: <laughs> but to your point, Mac, Duke had so many issues that they just put upon themselves. Yeah. They muffed a punt,
0: right. which led horrible, to an easy pit horrible score. decision, yeah.
1: They had, in the third quarter, Riley Leonard, I, I forget who the wide receiver was, but hit a guy. In the face. Wide open. Yeah. Touched wide down. open, dropped it. Yeah. It was kind of like the Josh Downs drop. Yeah. I, it feel, and then you had the going for two fail and then the second going for two fail. it it felt like Duke was the better team, but Pitt found a way, found a way, maybe the home field. you kind of factored that in there a little bit. It was a crazy game.
0: yeah, and, and I think, I mean, you have to give all the credit in the world to Pitt's defense. I mean, they yeah. shut down the run for Duke. I mean, they they had been running at such an impressive clip. They went for a grand total of sixty three yards. I mean, Pitt all day long, punched him in the mouth. Riley Leonard, only ran the ball seven times for negative four yards, only was sacked. And
1: that was what I was worried about. Yeah.
0: I mean, he was sacked once, so it's not like they were bringing him down a ton, but it was just he couldn't get going anywhere. I mean, there was just nothing there. Duke did – or excuse me, Pitt did such a good job of rallying and being around and saying, hey, this is – we have to take away this piece and we feel really good. But, again, ultimately, drops or or special teams miscues and then really poor coaching decisions – lost you this game and and think about that with Duke for a second UNC Riley Leonard Mm. does everything that he can wins the game penalty it's called back they lose Drake May goes on what marches down the field this game coaching decisions some other miscues I mean legitimately they should be a nine win team right now
1: I love all these easy
0: I know what if have you you're not a Marvel Marvel girl but there's this series called what if what if Duke was winning the national championship this year it might could happen (laughs)
1: Oh, so that's what we're saying. It's
0: like a multiverse. There's this crazy universe where other things happen.
1: There's also the Georgia Tech game. Right. Where they had every chance at the end.
0: Rally by 20, down 20, rally. I mean, a 10 win dude.
1: Crazy. What if? What if, dude? (laughs) What if? Well, Mac, what if Sam Hartman had played like he did against Syracuse, against NC State and Louisville and all these other teams? (sighs) Wait, I don't don't like this game. Can we stop? Let's stop the what if game. It's, me I mean, but every to my point though, every every program's playing what if at this point, unless you're undefeated, yeah, and you're still probably thinking if you're Michigan, <laughs> well, what if Corum doesn't get hurt against <laughs> Illinois, yeah. that kind Seriously. of thing. What Sam Hartman was was flawless. Yeah. He did not have a turnover. He was great. Threw for four touchdowns, over 300 yards. He was excellent. The wide receivers were great. Syracuse did show some life, Matt. They did. They got Sean Tucker back involved. He had over a hundred yard game. They had him in the wildcat in the red zone, like that's great. okay. And Schrader had a good game. So, feels like Syracuse can at least beat Boston College and finish seven and five. <laughs> but it was good to see Sam Hartman, a guy that's been through a lot and has just been so much fun to watch, look like his normal self.
0: I'll start with Syracuse because I agree with you. It was so much fun to see that offense back what we thought it could be all year long, and, and maybe have right. some sustainability there. Schrader just he somehow looked healthy, like he was moving around great. He was able to, you know, extend plays with his legs, hit some guys downfield, uh, really make some some things happen. All the while, he didn't have his left tackle, he didn't have his left guard, didn't have his right guard. I mean, it was crazy the adversity that the Syracuse team faced. Yet still, somehow managed to put up 35. Maybe that's a little bit more of an indicator on Wake's defense. Um, but just the way it happened, the way that they did it. Was really impressed by that, and and, and love what we saw again. Garrett Schrader, uh, Sean Tucker being the the headliners there, and Rondé Gatson doing his thing, getting back involved. But Sam Hardman is that dude, and, and mm-hmm. just all the adversity that he faces, all the you know sometimes bad decisions, sometimes bad luck with the interceptions for him to really just respond and get his team out of that funk. Where they just couldn't win, they just couldn't win. I mean, he threw for four hundred yards, they lose. He throws for five touchdowns, they lose. There's just there was something that was happening where they couldn't get over the hump. He did that in prime time, a lot of people watching, a lot of eyeballs, and just had a really effective you know rate there. He is three touchdowns away from tying mm. the all time leading TD passer, Taj Boyd, my boy, uh, getting at that one oh seven number. He's got two games to do it, I have to think. I kind of cursed him against Louisville. thought that he would pass Phillip Rivers like in the first quarter. He didn't pass him the whole game. I think he's going to get that done and own that record, which which is really, really cool. Also love the fact that Wake was wide open. They ran 94 plays. They rushed it 52 times for 200 yards. That was the game plan I wanted to see from them just because the the Syracuse defense has been so susceptible to the run lately. So A.T. Perry balled out. Wake Forest look good again, and hopefully they can build on that confidence. They play a very good Duke team next week. Can't wait to see that matchup between those two quarterbacks, kind of the the new guy on the street and the old head that's, that's leaving town. Uh, it's going to be fun. This is a big weekend coming up, KG.
1: Duke Wake is a sneaky good game coming up, and as I said earlier, there is a massive difference. Between seven and five, yeah, and eight and four, absolutely. And both Duke and Wake are seven and four. Shout out so to one at of least one of these teams is, is going to win eight games. That's
0: awesome. Thank the Lord it worked out that way.
1: <laughs> one of these teams is going to win eight games. One's going to win seven. Yeah. We will see. That game is on Saturday at three thirty. Mac, two more games here. Let's start with the, the good. Virginia Tech showed some fight. Liberty did not cover as we suggested. <laughs> And Virginia Tech beats Liberty by a point, 23 to 23-22. I thought it was cool. Virginia Tech wore their orange. Yeah. Liberty wore their navy blue cool. to honor Virginia, which was great. Maybe my the highlight of the season for Virginia Tech was the fake field goal, and then they're running the option with the kicker, and they pitch to the kicker, and he makes someone miss, and he gets the first down. I was like, what is happening? That was amazing. It felt like Virginia Tech could have put him away. They were up 17-7. They give that crazy kick return. But – in the end, this this was a good sign, and honestly, you beat a pretty good team if you're Virginia Tech yeah. in Liberty.
0: Well, I think starters. It was amazing to see you know Virginia Tech snap that streak. I mean, just a really you know bad deal that hadn't been done since the '50s. Uh, so for them to get out of yeah. that funk, yeah. uh, going to Liberty, get that dub was was great for them. The second piece, watching that game with with Eddie Royal, very stressful very stressful. Oh. A lot of range of emotions. My guy's up. He's down. He's, You're
1: like, should I be so yeah, invested yeah, in this game? Right.
0: He's really, really down. He's really, really up. And uh, man, I, I'm just happy for my boy, Eddie. It was so funny. Anytime that we had a Virginia Tech highlight, everybody shut up and just let Eddie have his time, have his <laughs> excitement. Because it, it's been a while. It's been a couple months since those guys got it up. So we got it done for Eddie. And, happy uh, for Eddie. You know, go Hokies, man. Let's get this thing rolling.
1: Happy for Eddie. And you know, we'll see. Of course, we don't know if Virginia Tech and Virginia are going to play. I would totally understand if they didn't, and this might be Virginia Tech's last game of the season. Right. I think the Hokies would understand as well. Yeah. It's it's good that it would be so awkward if Virginia Tech like had five wins yeah. and needed to play Virginia. Right. So in a way, it's good that Virginia <laughs> Tech is, is nowhere near making a bowl. We don't have to have those awkward conversations. Yeah, absolutely. The final game, the saddest game, the game where Mac and I – Congrats, you played yourself, thinking Boston College would cover. Notre Dame goes out here and stomps BC 44-0. to Emmett Moorhead came back to earth. He had two great games, but he's still just, you know, a, a youngster. He throws three picks.
0: To the same guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, to the same guy. Notre Dame just dominated. I, I, it felt like BC, they were flying really close to the sun after beating NC State, and this was just not going to happen. We should have known better, Matt.
0: Benjamin Morrison. Number twenty is a freshman. Terrorized Clemson, (laughs) terrorized Terrorized Boston College. This guy is a beast. He had zero picks the entire season. Plays Clemson gets two. Plays BC gets three. He's gonna be the number one pick in the next two years. This guy's flying up draft boards everywhere. Uh, Just, I mean. Notre Dame's rolling, and I don't ever like to talk about the Golden Domers because they don't want to play nice, don't want to be in our league, I understand, not really, but, hey, there they are. And they just, I mean, they physically dominated. They, they really did. I mean, ran the ball, did what they did, close to 300 yards. Drew Pine, game manager of the century, reminds me a lot of Jake Fromm, kind of does oh, enough uh, to, to get a win every now Seriously. and again. Uh, but, yeah, 44-point dub, could have been 100 easily. Uh, The snow made an appearance. KG, you would have physically died in the second half if you were there. Yes, I would have. So good thing Mm -hmm. that didn't happen a couple weeks before. Uh, But, yeah, just tough, tough scene for the Eagles. And, um, yeah, Moorhead, don't throw to 20. He's not on your team.
1: Here's the thing, though, and this is kind of my last thought. I think if you're a Clemson fan, you're rooting so hard for Notre Dame at this point. I mean, you're not mad. If you're a
0: Clemson fan, you are not mad at this.
1: They beat North Carolina for the ACC. You need if Notre Dame could go beat Southern Cal, first of all, completely knock Southern Cal out of the picture, so that helps Clemson, and it would just make this the UNC loss and the Clemson loss to Notre Dame look a lot better. So I think if you're just an ACC fan in general, weirdly you're rooting for the team that (laughs) wants nothing to do with you. Against Southern Cal, that game is Saturday, seven thirty uh, on ABC. Yeah,
0: shout out to the chickens. Be shout out to the Golden Domers. Get it done. Clear the path for the Tigers. Do what you got to do. Uh, <laughs> great episode. That was fun. A lot of big games. Massive week ahead of us, guys. Cannot wait. Friday is going to be a lot of oh, fun. Man. Hate week.
1: This is one of the best weeks of the it's year. My for sure. It's my favorite
0: week. It's my favorite week. This is the week where you just need five TVs. You're looking yeah. everywhere. Maybe you're pausing. you got to look over here. you got to look over here. It's the best week. And we'll talk a little Thanksgiving on Wednesday, obviously, right before uh, the, the great holiday there. A lot to be thankful for. Uh, we'll have another great guest on Wednesday as well. Uh, but Friday's a coming. Friday's a coming. It's going to be a fun one, guys. So that's it from us. Another great episode of Gramlick and MacLean. Thank you all for tuning in on YouTube. Mash that subscribe button. Really appreciate you guys every time you tune in. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts greatly appreciate you, over on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Always great to hear from you guys over there as well. Um, But until next time, we'll see y'all.